0: So we spoke last week. Just to just a quick recap of last week, but understanding the time that we're in, we're in a very interesting time, aren't we? As a as a world right now, as a as a country right now, as a whole load of things, kind of uh, kind of going on. Everything's kind of shifting. Everything's here, there, and everywhere. Um, and, you know, a lot of things that people used to kind of put their put their hope in are just just shifting, aren't they? You know, the economic system and and health. Um, over the last few years and that kind of big pandemic that we've had and all kind of different different things that are going on all around the world. I mean so we need to understand the time that we're in not 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 in any way in fear because we're people of faith, right? We are believers, we people of faith, we not we not we don't shrink back in fear in any way. We just to understand the time that we're in and to you know just to wake up to wake up, and I just to wake up and smell the coffee, to use a phrase. Wake up and smell the coffee. I, I really don't like coffee. I don't know why I use that phrase. <laughs> coffee, I don't like coffee at all, neither myself, or oh, Wendy, I ever drink coffee. Anyway, or at least or Jack. So there's no coffee in our house. Let's have people around. Anyway, <laughs> but wake up and smell the coffee. You know, it's time for us to wake up and shine. And We looked at Matthew 24, and Jesus, Jesus talked about the things, what would happen in, in the end times. As, as a church, we believe that we're in, in, in the end times. We don't quite know how close we are to the end I don't really like making predictions, and I don't. And I'm very sceptical of people who make very, very specific predictions as well. But we certainly are in the end times, and how close we are to the end, don't know. You know, a day is like a thousand years with God, and a, and a thousand years is like a day. So, you know, what we think um, God's going to do isn't always exactly what, what God's God's time is. He can do what he likes, and, and Jesus himself said, "No one knows the day or the hour, only God himself." So that's that's the reality. But we're certainly a lot closer. Than, than we ever were. We're closer today than we were yesterday, right? That's reality. And in Matthew 24, Jesus kind of goes through a whole kind of process of, um, or kind of a whole kind of discourse about what the end times are going to look like. And two major signs of the times we, we talked about last week is, firstly, the kind of the behavior of people in our world. And we looked at the scriptures on that, kind of described what people will be doing in our world. And, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of things in our world, right? I'm not judging anyway. It's just the reality of what's going on. The world is very confused, it's very messed up, and the world is very, very broken. That's the reality of where the world, world is. That's a major sign of the times that we're in. But the good news of that is that the, other, the other sign, major sign, is a fresh move of the Holy Spirit across the world. Yeah, yeah. Amen? You know, and as a church, and I say this, as, as an individual church, and as a church in this area, and a church across the country, and churches across the world, it's our time, it's our moment. Yeah. Amen. I really believe that. So as, so as people of God, we need to be spiritually aware of the times we're living in. We need to be fully awake in our walk with God. We need to be people that have our lamp full. We talked about that in, in the parable of the, of the virgins that, that Jesus talks about, and those, those, those the foolish virgins and the wise virgins and the wise ones who had their lamps full, ready for the return of the bridegroom. We need to be ready for God's Spirit to touch us in a fresh way. We need to be ready for God to use us as his light in the darkness. We need to understand that it's, it's, and this is a challenge to us to get, to get our friends and families into the ark before the door shuts. Yeah. right? We've got a physical ark like Noah did, Noah and his family had, but the door is going to shut one day and there's that's an onus on us to tell our friends and family, our, our neighbours, etc., about the reality of the gospel Amen? and what it means. So we're in a Kairos moment, a moment of divine God-orchestrated opportunity. So we looked at knowing the time last week, what it's time for us to, us to do. And today we're we'll going to look at our purpose and position. So we need to understand the times that we're in. Be aware of them. Not, not fearful of them, but just have our spiritual eyes open. Now you don't have to watch the news for five minutes, don't you, these days to see just everything's just, everything's just going on. Just, just, it's, just something, it's just something, isn't it, constantly. And the world is just so, it's, it's so confused. And so messed up, so much of what God, God's kind of even natural order is, is getting confused, isn't it? In our, in our world and, and the way God designed things to be. There's just so much confusion. And that's the, the devil just intentionally twisting, twisting stuff. And people are messed up and, and, and people, people are broken. But this is, you know, But as the darkness gets greater, there's an opportunity for the light to shine even brighter. Amen? So we should never, And like I said this last week, we should never get obsessed about darkness. You know, I should always be on Jesus. We need to be aware of what's going on, have our spiritual eyes open again, take authority over stuff. We need to do that, whatever God's calling us to do in that area, but never focus on darkness. Does that make sense? You'll always be focusing on God, always focusing on the light. And the, the darker the darkness is, the greater the opportunity for the light to shine and to break through uh, into, that, into that darkness. Amen? Amen? So we need to know the time. So this week, as I said, we're going to look at our purpose and our position Amen. So we know the time we're in, but what's our purpose and position in that time? What does God want to do? So the God that designs certain moments is the same God who positions people in designed moments for His purposes. Now God is a purpose-driven God. God always always does things with purpose. You know, Pastor Rick Warren, if anyone knows him, wrote that really famous book, The Purpose-Driven Life. Anyone read that Purpose-Driven Life? It's one of the best-selling Christian books. Of all time, other than the Bible itself, of course. but it was all about that, about us as believers understanding that we have a purpose. So we were born with a purpose that God has a purpose and a plan, a plan for our lives. and even if we't always not if, if everything doesn't always make sense, there's still a plan and purpose in it all. Yeah. Amen. But God is a God of purpose. He's a purpose-driven God. We looked at this scripture actually last week, but Ecclesiastes 3 verse one says, there, should be on screen there we go. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There is a season for everything. Amen? God has, God has a purpose. He has a season for, for every, everything that he desires to do. God, God knows what he's doing. Aren't you glad that God knows what he's doing <laughs> in this world? That doesn't always make sense. And in our lives, to be quite honest, they don't always make sense, do they? Sometimes you kind of think, why? Why, is that, why does that happen, God? This makes no sense to me whatsoever. But God knows what He's doing, in it all. And I don't mean God brings sickness and all those kind of things. We understand that, of course. But 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 things sometimes things happen. You know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. That's the real, We have to be real about these things as Christians, don't they? Don't we? Because I think others would just deny we're denying reality here. But but we're victorious in in Christ, Amen. But God is a purpose-driven God, and there's a time for everything, and a time for and a season for every activity under the heavens. You know, God's purposes will prevail. Isaiah forty-six. Verse 9 to 10 says this Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do what I please. Ultimately, God's purpose is always going to prevail. And we have to again remember that in the end times that we're in, and we can kind of think and seem so, so dark and so crazy and so mixed up and confused, that God's purposes will always prevail. Amen? You know, what Jesus was doing on the cross and, you know, and God's plan in it all, you know, for the disciples and those who were watching, and even Jesus' mother who was watching in it, in it all, you know, they, they thought this was like the ultimate darkness. It was like the worst thing that could possibly have happened. You have to remember something to kind of get back into that time, because we're seeing everything kind of post-cross, but it all kind of makes sense, with the revelation of what the cross was all about, and Jesus was going to um, rose from the dead, etc. But for the disciples at that time, kind of watching it all happen, this was like a dis- total disaster, wasn't it? That's how, that's how they saw it. It was a total disaster. This, this guy, this guy who, who, who you know, this is what disciples think. We believe he's the Son of God and we had his revelation. He's the Messiah. He's the, he's the Christ. He's a he's Savior. He's this guy who's been prophesied. He's God in human form, been prophesied thousands of years. Here he is now, and now, now he's dead. They did not get the whole thing. Every time Jesus told them he was going to die and rise again, they had no idea what he was talking about. They were totally confused by it. But in that greatest darkness, or what people was, or perceive darkness, this is when, when when Jesus won the ultimate victory, amen? amen. So a reason for saying that, this is where God's purpose will always prevail. Even if things look dark, look confused, God's purpose will always prevail, and nothing can prevent them f- from prevailing, amen? You know, God is omnipotent, he's, all, he's all-powerful, amen? You know, God, is, God is omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's, om, he's omnipresent, he can be everywhere at once, he's immutable, he never changes, and he's eternal, he always will be and always always has been, and always will be. You know, the devil does not have any of those five attributes. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He would have done everything to avoid Jesus being killed if he knew what was really going on. He didn't understand it at all. He thought he'd won. Right? But so the Bible says, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes about this that Jesus made a com- kind of complete fool of them. Fool of all the principalities and powers they thought they'd won. Satan can't be everywhere at once. He's not he's not omnipresent. He's he's certainly not all he's certainly not omnipotent is not all powerful authority on heaven and earth to be given to Jesus, right? Yeah. He's the one with all the authority and all the power, right? Mm-hmm. Satan is not, he's not immutable. He changes every five minutes. He's the angel of light. He's always—he's a deceiver. He's always changing, and he's not eternal either, because he's a created being originally, wasn't he? He was the loose angel mm-hmm. Lucifer. So, so the devil does not have any of the five a- main attributes of God, right? He was trying to pretend that Pretend that he's kind of in charge, but he's not, right? Amen. The God's purpose will always prevail. God's purpose will stand. God said through Isaiah that I, my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. Proverbs 19.21 talks about this as well, where King Solomon writes, many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Amen? Again, the Lord's purpose will always be the one that, that, that wins out, that is victorious. Amen. Yeah. You know, also the good news is, so his purposes will stand. Everything is a season. God's purposes will prevail above man's plans. You know, we're not here by mistake. Not one single person of you here is here by mistake, on this planet by mistake. are not you glad about that. Amen. Amen? God has an intention, a plan, a purpose for your life. Je- Jeremiah 29, verse 11. we sure we all know well. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. None of us are here by accident. Psalm 139. King David writes about the fact that we're knit together in our mother's womb. At that moment, God already knew us. He already put purpose in us. He already had a plan for our lives. Amen. And whatever kind of the background of your parents, or whatever your circumstances, of how you kind of came to be, so to speak, um, you're all. Here. None of you are here by accident. You're all here with a purpose. Amen. And with a plan for your life. Amen. Every every child is precious to God. Amen. God determines our times, and God determines what he wants to do in our lives. Acts 17, verse 26, says this. In the Amplified Version, it says, He made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men that settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, lands, and abodes. So God determines our appointed times. God determines what, what is going on in our lives. God determines how he wants to, he wants to use us. Now, we kind of have to uh, kind of get with the program, don't we, of what God wants to do in our lives. And, and I, I've said this from the front, and I'll say it again, and I've said it to people when, I, when I'm pastoring individually. You know, the, only, the reason some people just don't have peace in their lives, the, the reason that so much, life is so much of a battle, and the battle between their flesh and their spirit so often is just because they won't surrender. And just like in a kind of a war scenario, the only time you ever get peace is when one side surrenders, right? That's the only way you're ever going to get peace in a war type scenario. And sometimes there's kind of like a war and a battle and going on in our own lives, and that's because we just won't surrender. God never needs to surrender, right? It's only one side needs to surrender, which is us, right? So God has a plan in our lives, are we submitting to that plan for our lives? In in what we call the Lord's Prayer, and it's not how Jesus actually what he actually called it, was it? He's just telling his disciples how to pray, but we describe it as the Lord's Prayer. And he said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and I think so often we can think, well, that's just about what God's will is all around, around the earth and et cetera. We, we should pray that. Well, that's a good prayer, absolutely. But actually it starts with us, doesn't it? Let your will be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. God has a plan and purpose for our lives. And are we going to get with the program <laughs> with what God wants to do? Amen? Because that's going to mean some submission. It's going to mean some surrender. It's inevitable. Praise God. Acts 13, verse 36 describes about David and, and God's plan and purpose for his life. It says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Hopefully that means he died, not he was as tired. Okay. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So to God had a real clear purpose again for David. And like him, we are here to serve the purposes of God in our generation. Now, that we're here, here we are on 12th of February 2023 in the way that we measure time. And there'll never be a 12th of February 2023 again. Right? But we're here for a reason and for a purpose. And God's got a plan for us even for the rest of the day and for the next four and a quarter hours that there is <laughs> of the 12th of February. Right? And a plan for this week and a plan for the coming months and, the, and weeks and years. Amen? So like David, we, we are here on this planet to serve the purposes of God. Amen? In our obedience, it lays platforms for, for any, any that follow, for the more plans that follow. So our obedience now, it lays a platform for you know, kind of the, the months and, and years ahead. Amen? So as believers, we just need to kind of get with the program. God has a purpose and a plan. It may not be exactly the same as what we think um, the purpose and plan should be for our lives. It might be, might be a bit different, or maybe we have a specific calling, or whatever it might be. But let's get with the program, what God wants to do. Submit. Surrender. Amen. Now, as church, and this is true of our church, all churches nationwide, all churches across the world, the church, the people of God, are on the earth to be connected to his purposes and working for his purposes. That's our primary primary goal in his churches, to be connected to the purposes of God and to live out his plans for us. Amen. And our destiny and our success as a church and as individuals, it comes when we recognize the moment they're in, And our purpose in it. Amen? So God has a plan and a plan for your life. God has a destiny for your life. And our success will come when we recognize that and and recognize our purpose in it. Amen? God's given us all unique giftings. Jesus talks about that, doesn't he, in the parable of the talents. And talks about that, and that a talents not as in like a natural talent, like singing, although that that is a gifting from God, of course. But it's talking about talents because it was money. There was a description of one of their coins was a talent, and it talks about someone who's given you know, ten talents, some given five, some given one, and, and, and Jesus was kind of just challenging people: Are you using what God's given you, what God's put in your hand? Amen. Are we living out the purposes that God has for us? Amen. It's challenging, right? And you kind of see it's right throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, how God has positions people for his purposes in key moments. You see that over and over and over and over again. And essentially the Bible, as well as of course being the Gospel, is essentially a, a, a list of God's interactions with the human race, isn't it? And how God used people for his purposes and his glory. And, and as part of this, this Kairos, this series we're talking about, we're talking about for such a time as this, we're talking about, and that comes from the story of Esther, of course. And, and Esther, there's a whole kind of moment of salvation. I'd encourage you to read the book of Esther if you, haven't, if you haven't read it. It's not that long, about eight chapters, I think, maybe eight or nine, eight or nine chapters. And and about how God just rescues uh, Israel. Israel's in a very difficult situation, and and a decree is made in the land that they're in, and to basically destroy all Israelites. And and Esther's using her cousin Mordecai, and and her cousin Mordecai is uh, says to Esther, and she ends up becoming queen of that queen of that place and you know Mordecai says to her you know maybe God's called you for such a time as this maybe God's put you in this position for such a time as this and that's absolutely the reality that happens because of her unique position as, as the queen she's able to have an influence upon the king and a decree is overthrown and the guy who tried to kill all these rights end up ends up being hanged if you know the whole story Haman um, ends up being hanged and, and all these rights are, are redeemed and God's glory is just brought uh, in it all God deals with all his enemies or all the Israelites deal with their enemies uh, in that time as well, kind of all in one one go. And uh, God brings an amazing victory in it all. But it all goes back to Esther being called for such a time as this. That brought a moment of salvation. Amen? So God always positions people for, for his purpose in those key moments. You know, Joseph would be, be another good one. I love the story of Joseph because it's, so, it's so encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> Even when you're kind of your lowest low, it's kind of quite not as bad as Joseph, is it? <laughs> so it's kind of encouraging that. Um, you know and joseph and all he went through and the dreams that god had given him and and you know his brothers kind of bless him you know threw him into a pit and sold him into slavery didn't they and then he ends up being being accused of accused of adultery which was totally unfair it was not something he'd even done He gets thrown into prison and it's kind of like you know if you poor joseph you kind of think how can this possibly get any worse where where is god in all this that must have been a question he had over and over again right where's god in all this God, I had this massive dream or this dream I believed was from you and here I am, i be thrown to a pit my, brothers, my, my dad thinks I'm dead because that's what the, his brothers told his dad What they told Jacob so Jacob thought he was dead and was really upset, I understandably you know, his brothers sold him into slavery now he's been c- uh, accused of committing adultery with, with Potiphar's wife, Potiphar who was one of the guys high up in, in Egypt and now been thrown unfairly um, into prison you know, but God had put him there for a reason God, put, God had a plan for his life, amen, and you know, know the story and, and Joseph interpreted some dreams and ends up interpreting pharaoh 's dreams and, and God brings a great victory and great glory in it all and Joseph basically becomes number two in Egypt, and Egypt was the, like the, you know the huge empire at the time it was was like um, yeah like the biggest empire in the world at the time. so Joseph was number two in it,' just number two to pharaoh and that 's how God was just glorified in it all and used him in a time of famine, etc. But God had a plan for his life. And God always positions people for his purposes. I mean, this is why we need to understand the times that we're, that we're in. Amen? You think of Moses and, and, and the moment of deliverance. Again, Moses had a plan. And so Joseph, and the story kind of continues from Joseph, doesn't it? And Joseph and his descendants, they become become huge. Um, and, and, and kind of Pharaoh, the original Pharaoh, kind of like Joseph, he kind of died. died, And some later pharaohs came um, who were very scared of the Israelites and scared of their sheer, sheer numbers and were worried that they were going to overthrow Egypt and this was all kind of like, like fear-based. So it ends up making them slaves. I'm sure you know the whole story. And they slaves for hundreds, hundreds of years and they're treated incredibly badly. But God had a plan again. God had a plan of redemption and, and Moses was the man. Moses didn't even really want to be the man. If you know the whole story, it's like, well, I don't think I'm the right person to speak and I've got like a speech impediment and sure you don't want to use somebody else, God. Moses had like kind of a whole debate. Are you sure you got the right guy? But God did have the right guy. God had a plan. Yeah. Amen? And of course, you know the whole story of how Moses' mum puts him in a, in, a, in a kind of in the bull rushes or in a, in a basket in a, in a river and he ended up in Pharaoh's household and, and kind of all that happens. And then the ten plagues of Egypt and the great rescue that, that, that God does and brings them through the Red Sea and, and all that God provided for them in the wilderness with manna and with quail and, and just an amazing deliverance that God did. But it all goes back to just God having a plan for one person. I know it wasn't all about Moses, okay, of course it wasn't. But God did have a, God to position him for a purpose, right? You know, with Jesus Himself, of course has his moment of redemption. God had a plan. Aren't you, great, aren't you grateful that God had a plan before the dawn of time itself? Because This goes back to, again to God always knows what he's doing. God knew that mankind would fall. God knew that Adam and Eve would sin. God, God knew that people would, people would rebel. You know, and all that happens around Noah's Ark and that, that kind of time, and God knew they would rebel. But God always had a plan. Again, a plan of redemption. That's Jesus positioned that's why God positioned Jesus, you know, for that purpose, to bring salvation, to bring, to bring redemption. Amen? And after kind of thousands of years, you know, prophecies and they're kind of, if you know, kind of your biblical history after Malachi, the last book in the Bible, it's kind of like 400 years, kind of, there's nothing even written in the Bible, nothing for 400 years. It was kind of like a time of silence. And that's something out of the blue, or from man's, from human point of view, out of the blue, obviously not from God's point of view, it's God's point of time. And 400 years later, suddenly this baby's born, and you know, the angel Gabriel, of course, appears to Mary, and all that happens with that. But it was, it was God's moment. Amen? So God's always positions someone for his purposes. Amen? So we've been positioned for his purposes. Amen? Now, we may not do everything that Moses did, and we may not do everything that Joseph did, or, or Esther did, or certainly not in the same way, okay? But God absolutely has positioned us for his purpose. So it's not a coincidence that you're here. It's not a coincidence that you're part of this part of this church. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And God has positioned you for, for a reason. Amen? Amen. Right, time's going quick. Let's speed up. So there no, we are coming towards the end. So God positions people for specific purposes. So what our what are our purposes? So let's look at a few of our purposes. So, we're called to be kingdom representatives on the earth. We're called to be kingdom representatives on the earth. We represent a kingdom that's totally countercultural to the one that people know. I haven't discovered this, right? <laughs> You've only got to be in a job five minutes um, to know that what we believe as Christians is totally totally countercultural, isn't it, to the world? Or if you go in school, college, wherever you are, it's totally countercultural, isn't it, to, to the way the world is. You know, in Jesus' time, it was totally countercultural. You know, people people were shocked when Jesus did his great discourse in Matthew five and six, what would call the Sermon on the Mount. It was it was totally shocking to people. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, and Jesus said it over and over again, he said, "You have heard this." So basically, what Jesus was doing was laying out what the culture was. He said, "This is what the culture is." Right at this moment, you heard this. Like, like the Jews hated their enemies. Jesus, uh, Jews hated the Samaritans. Hated hated their enemies. The Samaritans hated the Jews as well. There was no love lost between the two. For example, Jesus said, You've heard it said this, but I say this. Not I say you've got to love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. This would have blown people's minds when they heard this stuff. Like, you serious? <laughs> is this guy serious? You <laughs> can what religious leaders must have thought. Because they would have been fine with people hating their enemies. So it was countercultural then, and it was countercultural now, right? So we represent a kingdom that's totally countercultural to what people know. Our purpose is to make this kingdom known and to, and to bring people into it. That's one of our main purposes. To make this kingdom known and to bring people into it. There is a better way. There is a different way. There is a different way of thinking. There is a different way of living. Amen? But it is totally countercultural. So, one of our purposes is to be kingdom representatives. Number two, one of our purposes is to make him known, to make Jesus known to people. Now, I don't mean make Jesus famous, Jesus already is famous. He's already the most famous human that's. Humans, I know he's not just a human, obviously, he's God's son. But you know I mean? he's already the most the famous human that's ever lived. You know, every, every secular historian would, have, would agree with that. He's the most famous human that's ever really lived. We don't need to make him famous, but, but make him known to people. Make him known about who he is, what he's done in our lives, how, how he can change their lives, what, what he can do for them. How we can save them, how he can redeem them, how he can forgive them, how he can give them a, a promise of a hope and a future, as we talked about earlier in Jeremiah, how they can know the promise of eternal life. So our purpose is to be kingdom representatives, show people there is a different way, to go against the culture, to make Jesus known. You know, to serve and to meet people's needs. This is one of our this is one of our purposes in life as believers. Both practical and spiritual needs. Galatians five verse thirteen says you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom uh, to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So again, this is one of our purposes, to, to serve others, whether it's serving others in the church, others in our community, friends and family, to serve and meet their needs. God, God loves that. Number four, one of our purposes, destroy or ruin or pull down the works of the evil one. You know, that was one of Jesus' purposes, but it's actually one of our purposes as well. now John, John 3, verse 8 John writes this, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinful from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Right? So we're called to do the same thing, to destroy the devil's work. Now, we're not Jesus, obviously, but we're doing it in authority of Jesus. So all authority on heaven and earth has given to him. We're doing it in his authority, his name. Right? That's one of our purposes, to destroy the works of the evil one. You know, the evil one is just having a field day these days. I was talking to my kids about it this week. I don't know if any of you saw the... Uh, the Grammys, wasn't it? The Grammys in America, and it's like a whole satanic ritual went on throughout the whole thing. With, with uh, uh, Sam Smith, who's uh, quite a well-known British singer, but is in is in America. Um, it's like this is American Music Awards, and there were some Christian winners as well. Maverick City won some awards as well, which is which was great. Um, but some of the stuff it was just like it was just so evil, it was so satanic. Some of the stuff that was was going on, I, I watched, just, just saw a bit of it because I'd heard about it. You know, but part of what, I'll, and we don't have to again. Think, oh no, all this evil stuff going on. Well, once again, let's get focused back on God. But one of our purposes is to destroy the works of the evil one. In this, in this world, it, it's weird, and it was really interesting because like Maverick City got up, and you know they're great, great people, and serving God, and kind of they mentioned about Jesus. They're very open, kind of like a like a one person clapping in the crowd, kind of like death, it was like a deathly silence. It genuinely was like a deathly silence and they mentioned Jesus, and it kind of had like, all this like satanic stuff, and it was being cheered and loved and celebrated. And I thought, like, this is crazy. A crazy world we live in. One of our purposes is to destroy the works of the evil one. Amen? To never fear what he does, but just to, have our, again, have our eyes open about it and help open other people's eyes towards the reality of so what's going on. Amen? Just like Jesus, his purpose is to destroy the devil's work. That's, our, that's one of our purposes. Amen? Destroy the devil's work. And let's be praying about this, praying into this stuff and taking authority over this stuff and doing whatever we need to do. Amen? So we're, we're called to be kingdom representatives, to make him known, to serve and to meet needs, to destroy the works of the evil one, and finally to be used by God to bring healing and recovery to broken people. Luke 4 verse 18, Jesus says this is about himself, and of course he's, he's reading from the Old Testament, because it's, it's a prophecy about him as the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So, just like God, that was a, a, you know, a purpose for Jesus, that's also a purpose for us. Amen? Again, we're not Jesus, but abs- no, that's true. But we have been anointed by God to do these same things Amen. to preach the gospel, to, to heal the brokenhearted. To become liberty to the captives. And this world is so captive, isn't it? So bound up. Bring recovery of sight to the blind, I believe. That means in a physical sense and in a spiritual sense. To set a liberty, those who are oppressed. So the spirit was upon Jesus for those purposes. And it's now upon, upon us for those purposes too. Amen? Amen? So our purpose are to be kingdom representatives. To make Jesus known. To serve and to meet practical and spiritual needs. To destroy the works of the evil one. To be used by God to bring healing and recovery to broken people is all our purposes. Amen? So I just want to just leave you with this encouragement just to rise up to the purpose. Just to step into all that God has for you. So it's time to know our purposes and kind of just to roll, us, roll up our sleeves, so to speak, and just to get busy with the purposes of God in this generation. Amen? Let's take responsibility for that. Amen. Let's think, well, well someone else will do that. Someone else will someone else will pray that. Someone else will speak to that person. And and they might. That's true. But let's also be people who take responsibility. Amen? You know, because because maybe, just maybe, and I believe it's a reality, God has called you for a specific purpose. You know, there's people in your world that you may be the only Christian you that, that will ever reach them. That's a reality, isn't it? Amen? Let's get into position... Position for all God wants us to do with hearts just desiring to be used by God. Let's open our hearts, open our lives. So God, just your will be done on earth in me as it is in heaven. God, your perfect will is done in heaven. May your perfect will be done in my life. Use me for your purposes. Make me your vessel. Do whatever you need to do through me. Amen. And as a church, let's just step into all that God has for us. Amen. All that God wants us to do as a church and God, and to reach his community to step into all that he has for us you know because i believe that god has positioned us as family church waterside and of course this is true of all churches in this area and across the nations and the world but he positioned us for a purpose you know to, to reach our world to reach our community to see to see lives change to see people healed to see see people restored to see people set free amen to see people come to know jesus of our lives to be radically changed by the gospel amen let's stand to our feet Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, it's a Lord, it's a privilege and an honour, Lord, just to think, Lord, that you want to use us. Because we know you could do whatever you wanted to do and you don't need human beings. Lord, you don't need human beings to, to fill your, fulfill your purposes, Lord, but you choose to use human beings. You choose to use men and women and children, Lord God, to for, to live out your purposes and your plans. Lord God, and I pray, Lord, for every single one of us here, Lord, that we'll just be open vessels before you. Lord, we say, Lord, let your will be done on earth, in us, as it is in heaven. As your perfect will is done in heaven, may well, your perfect will be done in us. I pray, you just, Lord, we recognize the times we're in, Lord God, and we will just step into all that you have, for us Lord God that we see Lord, throughout scripture how you always used people Lord for your glory and to see your purposes Lord prevail so Lord use us Lord God in that same way Lord we want to be good representatives we want to be kingdom representatives Lord God Lord we want to make you known Lord we want to serve and meet other people's needs Lord we want to pull down and destroy the works of the evil one Lord we want want you to use us Lord God to bring healing and recovery to broken people just like you did Lord to say Lord use us for your glory Lord, I think about the words of Isaiah, Lord, we said, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, send us. Here am I. Or here we are, Lord, send us. Do what you desire to do. Lord, those people, Lord, are in our world, they may be the only, Lord, Jesus, Jesus they ever see. Lord, God, use us this week. Use us tomorrow. In our, in our workplaces, in our, in our schools, in our colleges, wherever we find ourselves, Lord, use us tomorrow, Lord God. Lord, may we be totally countercultural in all we do. Lord, may we, may Lord, we not be influenced by the world, Lord, but maybe influence the world. Oh God, Lord, use us for Your glory. Lord, may not be, Lord, be fearful of being countercultural in this in this messed up and, and broken world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, Lord, and use us, Lord, to destroy the works of the evil one. Lord, we just take authority over everything that that everything that tries to twist people's minds. Everything, Lord, in. Lord, that tries to, just, to, just to break people, to bring people down and, and to bind people like drugs and, and sex and, and, and other things that, that binds people up and unforgiveness and, and, and issues and the stuff that's done to people and all those kind of just horrible stuff that sometimes happens. Lord, we just take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, Lord, in, in, in this church, in our community, Lord in, this, in, Lord, in this area, Lord, that you will just be glorified in it all. And we just stand against every work of the evil one. We declare that no weapon formed against us that formed against our church or formed against this area will prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and just use us for your purposes. Use us for your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God is good.